breaking news, Sock. Freddie's gone. We've got the 2024 New South Wales Blues coach on the line. Are we breaking a story here? Matty Johns joins us on the run home. Uh, <laughs> mate, <laughs> you aren't breaking a story in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matty, oh, I remember listening to you. You were the first guy I heard mention the idea of uh, Bellamy coming in this year and Riles taking the reins back at the storm while he does Origin mm. and then next year stepping into that full time. Could that become um, the most feasible option now for the Blues? I, I think it could be. I I also think Ricky Stewart. Um, I think Ricky Stewart would be a great candidate. I don't think Bellamy or Ricky Stewart. Uh, it, it's funny because you know, all along um, they, did, they did that... Uh, you know, they turned the sheets over uh, State of Origin a few years ago and said that you know it can't be a full time, it can't be a, a club coach. But mm. look, I think the position we're in at the moment, I think it should be. Uh, Slater's done a fantastic, incredible job with Queensland, uh, but I do know the amount of time that he puts into it. I, I just think where New South New South Wales are at the moment, we need a coach who is, for use of a better term, coach fit. Uh, mm. That'd be a Bellamy or a, or, or a uh, or uh, Ricky Stewart. Because it'd be pretty hard, right? If you're Freddie sitting up in the box, you haven't got what, by the time they're there about 12, 14 rounds of NRL behind you, and you've got to make snap decisions for interchanges. Like that's that's something that would come naturally to a club coach, but to someone that's not in the box every weekend, it's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah absolutely, Miss Ol. And, and thinking on your feet, like you know, suddenly you know a player goes down. And you're going, hell, you know, what the hell are we going to do here? And me and things going around your head and suddenly you're putting Damien Cook on the wing. You know, th- this is, you know, th- this is some of the stuff we're talking about. And, you know, I've been up in a coach's box. I mean, it was a long time ago. It was like around 2008 where with Bellamy in the Melbourne Storm. And it amazed me how intricate, uh, how complicated, you know, the interchange process was. You know, they had a whiteboard there and they were shuffling players around and, and whatnot to, you know, to get things right. They had scenarios up their sleeve if a key player went down and where they'd move this guy and where they'd move that guy. And they're doing this every single week. So you can only imagine how difficult it would be for a part-timer to go in there and suddenly in the cut and thrust of a state of origin game, you lose a key man. You know, what are we going to do? And so, yeah, I, I think going forward for New South Wales, uh, you know, look, certainly I think in the next couple of years, let's get someone who's coach fit in there. Matty, Socky, I want to jump into the final uh, between the Panthers and the Broncos. But before I do that, I want to look at last night's uh, Daily M results. Yeah. Uh, any surprises there for you? Um Look, Kalen was a, a slight surprise. I, I had a, I had, like, I had a feeling that Kalen certainly he knew with his form stop that he was going to come home fast. But I thought Sean Johnson would win it. Um, that was a slight surprise. Oh, maybe I thought maybe Jareem uh, Buller over uh, uh, Taruva. But you know, I don't have a problem with that. Apart from that, not a lot of surprises. Andrew, look, Andrew Webster. Uh, um, Ivan Cleary or Kevin Walters would have been comfortable with that. I just th- I thought Andrew Webster deserved it. When you consider what, I mean, Ivan has done an unbelievable job. If you're doing a, look, if you're doing a coach of the of the last five years, you know, I, Ivan wins in a landslide. But I just think if you have a look at what Andrew Webster had to do, so you know, he went over, he went to New Zealand, had to do all this stuff with the side. You know, firstly, you know. Uh, 
you know, convince Sean Johnson or have a conversation with Sean Johnson that, you know, that um, that he believed he could get him back to his best and then being able to do that and, you know, rejig the side and come up with a formula, all those sort of things where Ivan, yeah, Ivan's got those things in place. So, you know, what was the best coaching performance in 2023 on the basis of how much they had to do and, and the base that they were coming from? I think it's Andrew Webster. Did you go to the awards last night, Matty? No, I, I didn't miss all. I, 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 I remember uh, I went a few years ago. I, I had to, so I, I was not a co-host. I had to do the count mm. with Brandy and yeah. Mate, I had a best. I had about four or five bottles of wine at the back, <laughs> and uh, and mate, I got I, I I got all I got carried away, and I thought I was Ricky Gervais, and I gave it to the PM at the time. Who was the PM at the time? Malcolm Turnbull, because Malcolm Turnbull had just knifed Tony Abbott, so I thought it'd be quite funny. I said, look, you know, we're going to welcome everyone here, you know, luminaries, and we've got uh, the Prime Minister Tony Abbott, and I went, oh, sorry. I, I forgot, oh God, mate, you knife each other so so much, it's hard to keep up with who's in the job. And uh, he didn't think it was funny at all, but then again, he doesn't find anything funny. <laughs> you know how some of those awards nights are a bit of a punish? What What's the most enjoyable awards night you've done? Would it be like a, a Knights presentation night or a Logies or a... Have you, didn't, I, you, didn't you win, did you win an Aria at one point? Like, were you nominated oh, for like a music Red record. Dragon music? Yes. Yeah. I was. That's right, mate. The Arias were great fun. Arias were awesome. Hang on. It was, you um, nearly won an Aria. Or yeah, did you? I nearly won an Aria. So <laughs> for, yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. For uh, Red Dragon, am I ever going to see the Biff again? Which was, <laughs> yeah, which was, of course, a play on for the iconic Angel song, Am I Ever Going to See Your Face Again? In. in the guy who produced the original Angel song, uh, and then he produced, um, he produced. I'm never going to see your face again. Uh, Red Reagan was the great Mark Opitz, iconic music producer, who did Cold Chisel, Rose Tattoo, and all these amazing artists. And we, I, I was laying down the track, and um, I was singing, and I was going, "Oh, oh Jesus." I said, Mark, I, I just want to apologise, mate. You've done some of the greatest artists in the world. I, he goes, Matty, he said, if I can listen to Paul Stanley, I can listen to you. So, so on, what, what was amazing, he had a book out, if, if you like your music books, called Sophisto Punk. And it was talking about Australian music during the 80s. Like, they, they classed a lot of Australian music as almost sophisticated punk music. But in the book, he talks about the Red Dragon. And he said, it's just one of the great injustices that the Angels' iconic song of 1979 got to number 47 in Australia and Red Dragon got to number Beat 11. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how good. Aries are good. Aries were awesome. Yeah, some, they look, you know, they some look of the fun. acts. It was it was good and but I must say one year in uh, what year was it nineteen ninety eight, we were joint minor premiers with the Brisbane Broncos and so we had the first week off of the finals, and we went to we went to the Dally M's and we stood at the back of the room and just sunk piss with Kevy Walters and Alfie Langer, <laughs> me and Joey. It was just so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> what about the uh, radio awards? I've I've heard they get pretty pretty messy. Oh. I've never been to the Radio uh, Awards Missile. I I haven't gone there, but I hear they, 
I hear they get pretty pretty messy. <laughs> we might have those, to dip our toe in the waters, Sock. Yeah, the yeah you, mate, you should, boys. Yeah, you, should, <laughs> yeah. you should get there. Tell me what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I, I sometimes think awards nights are a little bit like Christmas parties. They can be extremely dangerous. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's the swimming on Sock, the, uh, the host of Joel and Fletch show. Yeah, yeah on it'll Thursdays. It'll confuse everyone. Matty, I saw during the week that Cooper may be headed overseas. No. No, not no, no, that, no, that's not happening, Miss Hull. That, that was a uh, – look, Hull FC has sort of flirted with him and yeah. we're interested in taking him over because he's he's great mate and um, Trisha's godson, Tex Hoy, mm. uh, he's over there playing at Hull. And so they reached out to Cooper a couple of times. Look, um, look I, I just we – we had a conversation about, you know, he's – career whether it be in rugby league or media or whatever he's going to do and I just didn't feel that going over going over there I just didn't think it was right for right for him mm. you know I, I mean I, I, I you know I certainly you know didn't say you know don't do it but uh he was lukewarm on it and and so was I like I I, I, the, I love the north of England and Hull's a great club I just you know at this point of his life I I, I just didn't think it was good for him yeah, in terms of media stuff, you're a bit out of sight, out of mind over there, right? Like he's mm. popping up everywhere at the moment. I hear him on the radio. I see him on Instagram. Mm. He's he's all over the place. Well, that's just sometimes you know, you know yourselves, fellas. You, know, you got you get you get to a point. Uh, you know, it might be when you're 30, it might be 35, it might be when you're 25, and you go right. Where's my career going? You know, or what am I best suited to? Or what am I going to do? And you know, I've had conversations with Coops before, and I said, mate, it's very difficult to straddle two careers got to make a decision so he's in the midst of doing that now big call Matty and we've got a big game coming up on the weekend now I I love watching your podcasts and your show there's so many storylines you got the t-shirt yet so I haven't no he said he was going to send it but it hasn't come yet he's so mate what is your favorite because we've got you know, you've got the matchup of the packs, which is going to be so exciting. The forwards, you've got the storylines of the father sons. You know, one of them's going to walk yeah. away again, a father son combo. You've got the coaches on their own. You've got the battle of the sevens, the battle of the ones. What are you most looking forward to? Look, uh, there's two that really interest me. The first one is Reese Walsh against Stephen Crichton. And Stephen Crichton, he defends on the Penrith's left hand side, and that is Reese Walsh's favourite side. And Reese Walsh is, as we've seen so far this year, and you saw it last week against the Warriors, he's a, he's a risk taker. He'll go for the big, long, looping pass. He'll back himself. Stephen Crichton, in my opinion, is the best defensive centre in the competition, and he's an intercept specialist. Mm. In big games, he's he's picked off a few. He's very good at that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that battle works out. But the big one is the two sevens. Reynolds up against, uh, Reynolds up against Nathan Cleary. And I wrote about it for tomorrow's Herald. Yeah, you know, said about the, the clash. It's it's almost it's a little bit. It's like destiny versus legacy, in the fact that like Adam Reynolds, you know for what he's doing in his career right now. He's carving out two amazing legacies at two iconic clubs. And when he left South Sydney, uh, when he went to Brisbane, like who would have who would have possibly thought that what he was going to do at Brisbane would leave a greater legacy there than even what he did at South. Mm. To be the half, the first halfback to, to grab that title for 43 years, to be a local boy, you know, to play for your hometown club, you just, you just can't beat that. But what he's done at Brisbane, if he wins on Sunday, 
his legacy would be a bigger bruise than it even is at South. Actually, it might even be now. Because you have a look at what he has done. Mm. He has taken a powerhouse club from the bottom to the top. And the other bloke, Nathan Cleary, it's just, you know, you know for him it's about destiny. And, like, he's a really hu- humble, well-spoken, like, modest sort of kid, Nathan. But I've seen a real change in him. Like, he's very overt now in saying, like, he knows how great he is. And whilst he doesn't swagger on the outside, the swagger is certainly on the inside. And, like, he came out recently and said, and, and stated publicly, I want to be, I want to be known as the best. I want to be known as the greatest. And I think he's destined for that. I remember before last year's grand final, Matty, all the storylines were this massive uh, battle up front between Campbell Gillard and Paulo and Papali'i versus Fisher-Harris and Leota and Kikau. And then come grand final night, the Panthers just absolutely steamrolled them. Uh, yeah. Could you see that happening again or a Carrigan, Flegler and Haas a, a, a level above what we saw from Parramatta last year? Yeah, I, I can't see it happening again. Um, the, one, the one thing Brisbane have got to do is they've got to stop To'o on early tackles. When To'o gets, when he starts getting forward on play two, Fisher-Harris and Leota just get on the back of that and they just start rolling through you. Look, I, I think it, like it, th- this battle through the middle is, it just doesn't get any better. You can line it all up, you know, Lazarus versus Chief or Blocker versus Les Davidson in rugby league history. This is as good as I've ever seen. Flegler, Carrigan, and Hass against Leota and Fisher Harris. Uh, it's it's gonna, it'll be really something special. It'll, you know, that both packs I think will ho- hold their own. But yeah, the two the the two guys. The two people, which are the wild card, in, while all these big blokes are just bashing into each other, is Toto, and the other one is Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards' speed and his footwork through the middle of the field, uh, as well as Yo's passing, that gives Penrith just a little bit more variation. Um, I mean, there's so many, as you said, there's so many story tales uh, to go for this finals. Is there anyone, as you just said then, but is there anyone else we should be looking at? Because I'm looking at guys like... Carrigan, he's offloading ability. Were you There's, like Liam Martin for like Liam Martin. Churchill? I th- yeah, yeah, I think he could be a special. Yeah. I think the number nines from both sides need to have a big game. But in particular, I think the way that you beat Penrith is obviously you need to match them through the middle, if not, you know, get over the top mm. of them. But their offloading ability, which I saw Brisbane do um, in the lead-up, was second and none. I think in the first half they might have had close to 30 offloads due to a lot to do with Carrigan. I've got a stat for you on that one, boys. Okay, on. So yeah. leading up to that game, Brisbane were averaging 10 offloads mm. per match. Last week against the Warriors, they popped 23 offloads, mm. which Jeez. beggars the question, were they preparing for Penrith yeah, a week early? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe, Miss Sol, maybe they're starting to sort of loosen themselves up a little bit, but, mate, Penrith can score... Um, sorry, uh, Brisbane can score points on you so fast when they get going. Um, yeah, some really... There's some great matchup. I tell you, mate, I tell you who's been incredible. There's been a little bit of talk about his hamstrings. Herbie Farnworth, mm. you know. I'm, I'm looking forward to him versus the young emerging superstar, Isaac Tunga. I, I, I love Tango as a player. He, he, he'll he be on that right side. He had a difficult night uh, last week early in the game against Ola. Missed a bad tackle. That's not usually his go. He's been out for quite a while, had hamstring and pec injuries. I can see him nursing that pec a little bit. From what I understand, he's an unbelievable professional. 
like really works hard on his game. He was doing some pretty incredible things at the start, midway through the season for injury hit. This will be his second game back, and I just reckon he would have been filthy on himself from last week. I'm expecting a huge game from him, and that matchup, Farnworth and Tungo, is going to be a beauty. What, righto, Matty. Have you got a have you got a prediction for us? Um, I've I've heard you wax lyrical about both sides, the key matchups, how exciting it's going to be. I've never been yep. p- so pumped for a final that I've not been a part of since this. I think this is going to be an absolute. This is the best one in a while. I reckon. I, I, oh, I yeah. agree. I hope it. I just hope it doesn't let us down. No, it won't. The same way. It won't suck here. It won't. Right. Well, now I want to hear from the Oracle. Give us a, give us yeah. a score prediction, Matty. How you seen this play out? Well, the Newcastle Knights uh, last weekend had their little weekend away. Uh, talk about a head, putting your head in the lion's mouth. They went to Bondi, 27 of them. Right? <laughs> and and uh, I, I, drove, I drove in. Jack rang me um, basically, oh, mate, can you come pick me up? And, uh, yeah, yeah, sweet. So I went to Bondi Junction. I picked him up. He hopped in the car. And when we were driving past Allianz Stadium, he go, turned to me and he said, well, who's going to win next week? And, mate, we both sat there in silence until I reckon we got to Collaroy. And I turned to him and I said, mate, I reckon Penrith by a fraction, but never, ever ask me a tough question like that again. (laughs) 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 I think, I think, I look, I think Penrith by a smidgen, just on the back of, boys, I want you to look and lead up to this game. I, I want you to have a look at Nathan Cleary, the way he holds himself on the field the way he'll run onto the field, the way that he'll conduct any of the interviews between now and and, and kickoff, there is just something. As, as I said to you before, there's something inside him at the moment. Honestly, he's such a nice kid, but on the inside, when it comes to rugby league, he's a cold-blooded killer. So I'm, I'm going to go for Penrith on the back of uh, what I think Cleary will do. Matty, the question that I keep hearing popping up all week, and Sock and I are a bit young to... To give an answer on this, uh, the the Parramatta side of the early '80s versus the Penrith side uh, now. Just you know, when you look at it, match up player for player, style for style. You know, they say styles oh, make fights. Yeah. Um, who wins that game? God, that's that's hard. Uh, look, Penrith, <laughs> Penrith have got it got it over them as far as the pack is concerned. I would say um, the Penrith pack is influent infinitely more athletic and big but I suppose if you did the same training into those players um, one thing about you know you know, like Sterling yeah he's 60 Kenny. now so it's going to be really hard for him, <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> very hard isn't it? very hard good point Sock I'll tell you what Sterling's got more of a waddle Sterling. now Sterling <laughs> yeah, that's right hair, yeah. Fake Sterling Still against uh, Cleary, you know if you if, you know you, you can match them up against each other in their prime that's an amazing I tell you what, I'm going to lean. I'll lean towards Parramatta on the back of two blokes, Ray Price and Brett Kenny. Ray Price is one of the greatest winners alongside Glenn Lazarus in rugby league history. Mate, they never won anything, Parramatta, until Ray Price arrived there. And uh, they never missed a final when Price was there. They won four competitions when Price was there. And I think it was something, the stats something like when Price left and retired at the end of 86. Um, they didn't make another finals for something about like 11 years. Uh, and of course, they haven't won a comp since. And of course, Brett Kenny as well. We don't talk, when, when you talk about immortals, no one talks about Brett Kenny. And we should be. Incredible player. So I'll go for, I'll go by, I'll go for Parramatta on, on the back of Price and Kenny. 
Maddie, you're at the business end of the Maddie John show on tonight. We've got a text in just quickly. Uh, could you please ask Maddie if he could please have Fatty Vorton, Daryl the Big Man Broman on your late <laughs> night show? Uh, to finish some, it off. A few contractual <laughs> issues there. Yeah, so. yeah, no, well, you know, yeah. It's Matty John's, he can do anything, mate. He's got some yeah, got people it, in his it, corner. It, it's a little bit like the fight, you know what they say with with boxing, HBO versus show, Showtime. <laughs> we're in different, yeah. different classes. When it comes to big mum, we're in different uh, weight divisions. Yeah. So. Well, Sock and I are actually saying that now he's finished on the breakfast show. Maybe Koshy could be your next guest yeah. over there on the Maddie John show. Yeah, yeah, he's done why, with Channel 7. Get him on. Might give you give you two blokes a start. Uh, yeah, well, Sock's just got to get the shirt first. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. battling my way yeah. to SEN, mate. This is good. <laughs> 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 oh, very good. Thanks boy. for joining. Us, Maddie. Uh, that's all. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Rush into Chemist Warehouse for half-price vitamins and cosmetics. T's and C's apply.